All right, with that, we're going to have a, a testimony today. So where is Renee? Come on up, Renee. Faithful woman of God. Why don't you give her a hand as she's walking up here. I should have just handed you that one. Let's just do that. Hello. Right. So Renee's just going to share a little testimony about what God's been doing in her life recently. Um, good morning. My name is Renee, and I've probably been going to the harbor, I think, about six years now. Um, Beth was asking for testimonies of provision. And when I was thinking about it, I was like, everybody loves those cash testimonies, right? Like God put $100 in your mailbox. Um, I have like so many of incredible supernatural money testimonies. So what God put on my heart was a different testimony where God's wisdom is a provision. And it says, I think in the Bible, that wisdom is better than gold. So the wisdom I had is my dad and I growing up um, had what you would call a tortured relationship. If you can imagine like two tornadoes hitting each other a lot of the time. Um, and about nine years ago, I was going to a different church. I was doing a period of fasting and for uh, some decisions in my life. And at the end of it, God gave me a very strong vision uh, that my dad was going to die. And I was, I was actually kind of hurt about it. And I was like, that's interesting. I didn't think I'd feel hurt. But he was also like, I'm telling you this because I'm going to give you time to repair the relationship before it actually happens. So sometimes, you know, we get things from God and we're like, yeah, you didn't really say that. You know, we might dismiss them. But this was so strong that I, did, I just kind of stopped my life. And I went into like a Christian healing program because I was like, I've got to get this repaired with my dad. Found out a lot of other things in the process, but was really able to get to a point with my dad where I could finally tell him I loved him. Like after like 35 years. That didn't change the nature of our relationship, however. We still would, like, fight and everything. But last year, um, my dad started having some health problems, and some things started ending here, and I really felt like I was supposed to go home. And I went home for seven months, and it was also the Lord's provision. I saw my dad maybe 15 times. We never, ever once fought, had a crossword or anything. And even towards the end, I was coming back to New England. I felt God bring me back. I had a temp job that I was taking. I wanted to get some cash. It was a really awful kind of job. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn this down. And it didn't make sense at the time, but the next day my dad went into the hospital for three days for like a minor procedure. But that was the last time I saw him alive because he died this year. And so because I spent so much time with him and because of what the Lord had shown in me and helped me heal when he died, I didn't have regret. And that was my biggest fear is that I would regret him dying and not knowing that I, that he knew I loved him. And so I just want to encourage all of you that like wisdom is really from God. And if he's speaking something to you, don't hesitate, act quickly because his timing is his timing and it could be tomorrow and it could be nine years, but He's giving you that wisdom for a reason. So, thank you. Amen. Thanks, thanks Renee, for sharing that. Appreciate that. So, um, as many of you know, we've been in this series called Grace, which uh, is kind of blue G and red race. We've been talking about racism in America and just wanting to start dialogue about this issue that our country has been facing. And so we, we've, we've been through kind of a couple series of this. And then last week we talked about what's a biblical response to authority. And how does a Christian respond to authority that is unjust? You know, we looked at a number of different examples in history about how Christians have done that, how there's, there's some different opinions on that, and, and landing in this place of 
saying, hey, Lord, we are going to commit to praying for those in authority over us and to not slandering them, and also to not giving in to fear. And this Sunday, we were really looking forward to having the chief of police of Beverly with us, but unfortunately, he cannot be here this morning. So uh, I, th- I thought it would just be uh, apropos, to use a vocabulary word that's probably a little bit above my intelligence quotient, um, <laughs> to, just, to just pray for him and to bless the police officers in our city. And again, you know, as we've been kind of like not taking a stance politically on this issue, but saying, hey, you know, racism is a real thing in America, and we all, it's the church's problem, right? It's not just some other person's problem that's not white. It's our problem, and we want to jump into that. And we also want to say, and we want to support our police officers and bless them and pray that they will have wisdom and they'll do justly and act, you know, righteously, right? Okay? So I just thought I would pray for a moment, and uh, then we'll, we're going we're gonna to shift gears a little bit and just talk about some things that I felt like the Lord put on my heart. Okay? Does that sound all right? Okay. Thanks for your, thanks for your patience in, in kind of the, the situation this morning. And so let's just, would you pray with me? Lord, so we just bless uh, John Lelauscher this morning, the chief of police of Beverly. And we just say, Lord, we bless his family. God, I'm sure being a police officer has many challenges that I do not know firsthand, but I'm sure for even his family, there's, there's, there's things there that are difficult. And so we just bless, Lord, his whole family. And we bless him, Lord. Just give him wisdom as he's managing the entire police department. We pray that justice and righteousness, Lord, and just the right response in different ways and different uh, just new ideas, Lord, would come to him about building relationships in the community and, and building up the community, Lord, and new ways just to be able to protect and really serve the people. So we bless him, Lord. We bless the whole police department. We pray that in our city there would be no wrongful deaths, Lord, or premature deaths at the hands of any police. We just bless them in their decision-making in very difficult and tense moments, high stress. We say, Lord, let the peace of Christ rule in those situations. And let nothing come to pass that is not of you, Lord. And so we, we just say protection over them, Lord, as they're pulling people over on, on busy roads, on highways, whatever, Lord. We just say, Lord, let there be no accidents where any police are killed. I pray peace over their families who might be up later at night worrying about if they're going to come home at night. Lord, we, just, we bless their families, bless them with, with sleep. And so, Lord, we just speak life over our city. We speak life over the citizens of our city, Lord. So in, in no way, Lord, we just, we just stand against wrongful deaths of any person, Lord, premature deaths of any person in our city. We stand against that in Jesus' name. And we just say, let peace and justice and righteousness just roll, Lord. Let it flow like a stream, like a river. And let the church be on the forefront of that, Lord, first in prayer, but then also in action. So I pray, Lord, as, we, as we've discussed some very difficult issues uh, and uncovered you know, some, maybe some ignorance in our own minds and hearts, uh, we just pray you continue to move us forward as we try, as, as three churches in this area and as partnering with other churches on this issue, we, we pray, Lord, that there really would be steps forward. That in this whole Boston area, that Boston would become an example for the country of a place where people do not have to live in fear and that, that people are not, um, they're not being killed and that we're not going to go towards rioting, Lord, but that there will be peace and that there will be justice for everyone, Lord, that black lives will matter. Lord, we just, we just pray that in Jesus' name. We know, Jesus, that you're the answer because the problem is in our hearts. And so we're just calling out for you to fix the sin and the, the lies that we've believed to expose those and to help us move forward in this issue in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for praying with me, guys. 
So what I'd like to do today is to take a few minutes to talk about uh, where I sense the Lord is leading us as a church locally here in this area. And so what our vision is in this next season and kind of down the road. And so all the stuff that we've talked about, kind of these, these, these larger ideals of wanting to see more peace in our city and in this Boston area that people are you know, being free from fear, just in this one issue of, kind of, of, of race, we want to see that in, in a number of other issues too, right? We want to see victory, that, 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 that justice in, in many ways in our city would be promoted, right? That, that kids would, would get a good education, that, uh, that more and more people would come to know Jesus, that there'd be less divorce, less, you know, less, um, less disease and sickness also. We believe that that, that is a representation of, the, of what, what the Bible calls the kingdom of God, right? It's heaven on earth, okay? So as a church, we're saying that's what we're about. As Jesus prays, and as we've prayed earlier today, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're believing for here. And more specifically, we want to believe for a, a real move of God. In this area, that the Holy Spirit would move, that many people would come to know Jesus, that many lives and relationships would be repaired, that people would be delivered of addictions, uh, that people physically would be healed, that, that, that even cancer would be beaten, right, in this area. That we would say no to these things in the name of Jesus and do what Jesus and the disciples did, right? That's what we're wanting to see. And if you want to go... Further out, this phrase that I sense the Lord has given me a few years back was the greatest awakening. Right? Believing that a move of God would, 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 would work through New England in such a way that every person on the planet would have a witness in their people group of Jesus. Right? In the Bible, it talks about right, this gospel will be proclaimed to the end of the earth, right, to all peoples, and then the end will come. So we want to believe for something big because we serve a big God. We want to believe for a massive revival, awakening, and maybe we'll start in New England. It will spread all over the globe so that every nation, tribe, tongue, and language will hear about the hope that there is in the life in Jesus. All right, amen? Okay? So that's what we're believing for. That's a big, that's a big thing, isn't it, for this little church? I mean, there's this a little group of people in here. You know, we've got 100 people in here, 120 people, okay? But we've got a big God. So the question is, okay, Brian, you know, pie in the sky, you're, 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 you're casting this big vision and talking about, you know, what it is that we're hoping for God to do. How is that going to happen? Right, what's the vision for us as a people who are really wanting to believe God for something big and not just something small? And as I look around here, one thing I brag about the harbor is, is this is not a church where we play church. Okay? Most of you that are here, I'm like 100% sure that's probably why you're here. We're not, you, guys are, you guys are not a people that are just here to play, okay, and just to pretend on a Sunday morning. We're here because we want to see, we love Jesus, we have a passion for Jesus and his purposes in this earth. To see people delivered from sin, right, and all the evils of this world, and to see his kingdom fully come. Okay, i got to keep moving on. Sorry, i get excited about that, okay? So again, the question is, how are we going to do that? Something as big as this. or how, What are the small steps that we are going to take as a people that God is calling us to the next thing so that, so that this could happen or that maybe our kids could happen or the next generation? However long the Lord is, is saying this is going to take, that we're constantly moving forward towards this goal. Okay? So I just want to share a few things of what I sense is really important for us in this next season. The first thing is prayer. It's prayer. And it's because we sense that 
we want God to, to essentially do the heavy lifting. I was listening to a, uh, a little podcast yesterday by an atheist. I think it's called The Friendly Atheist on YouTube. And it was, it was a cool little thing about, you know, 10 reasons why I don't want you to evangelize me. It just caught my attention, I, and, I, and I, you know, kind of clicked on it. It was cool. So um, this guy was just kind of presenting all these cases of, like, why Christians are annoying when they're trying to share, you know, about Jesus. They're like, you know, we already know about that, duh, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So all these reasons. But one of the things that he said was, why don't you just pray for me and let God do the heavy lifting? I thought that was so interesting. And so I just said, okay, great. You know, I'll take you up on that, bro. So I started praying for him. And, you know, while I was watching this video. And so I just think that is, even, even they have the sense that, hey, if God's real, why don't you pray and see if he will move? Anyone want to take him up on that with me? Okay. So at the harbor, I really sense that the Lord is calling us to be a people of prayer. Right? The Bible talks a ton about prayer. That we should pray without ceasing. That we should always pray. Right? Praying for those in authority, as we just talked about earlier. Right? It's all over the Bible that we should pray. So we want to be a people that actually do what's in the book, right? Then we are actually going to say, yes, it is, it is, it does take God to accomplish the changing of someone's heart, right? And so we want to be a people that pray. And so that's why I think looking back last year, God led me into this, 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 this very intense push of early morning prayer, right? We did, we did four days a week for two hours, okay? He's, he's since kind of scaled that back. But, but he's wanting us to build this into our lives and say that we are really going to be a people of prayer. So I'm going to continue, as I sense the Lord leading us, to, to push that edge in our church. That's why we pray on Sunday morning. We believe that God hears our prayers, and they make a difference. So, just as an invitation, we're in the middle of this 21 days of prayer leading up to the election. And if you want to be a part of that, the easiest way is, hey, to start praying for our president now, pray for our next president, and pray for whoever that next president is, that they will have wisdom. And all the other leaders and all these other different government positions, we're just asking you to pray for people in authority. Okay? If you want more specifics, uh, we, will send, we can send out another email blast of our 21-day prayer guide. If you want a little more, you know, a little devotional each day, you can take part in that. The second thing is that early morning prayer is still going on. It's Thursday morning at 5.30 to 6.30 at Emanuel Church right down the road. You're all invited. Okay? We're still going. We've got a couple faithful warriors, John Neal and Dan Baker, that have been doing that day in and day out for months, all right? Well, I mean, week in and week out, I guess it is, okay? It's once a week, okay? So please come. We sense that the Lord wants us to build the size of that group first before we expand it and maybe make multiple groups. So you can be a part of what God is doing by coming to pray with us early in the morning, okay? And we're going to start by building that group up until we need to multiply because it gets getting too big, okay? So please come. So that's the first thing I really sense that is really important for us to see in this season as God is challenging us to believe for something big, is that we need to be a people of prayer. All right? We want to be people of the book and do what the people in the book are doing, which is praying. All right? The second thing, and this is also just revealing of, hey, this is kind of a little report of, this is how I'm spending my time. Okay? As the lead pastor of the harbor, and, and um, you know, I don't just work a half day on Sundays. I'm trying to do some other stuff during the week now, you know, here and there. I'm kidding. Okay? Just a couple hours during the week. Okay? So the second thing is that I really sense the Lord is wanting to build in us unity. Okay, and that and that goes like I'm, I'm speaking in terms of from church to church. So right now I'm in two different pastors groups. One that was started by a, a guy named Bobby Warrenberg, who's the new pastor at um, North Shore Community Baptist Church. There's about seven or eight churches that are involved in that group. And again, the vision of that group is to see a move of God on the North Shore of Boston in three different areas with prayer, 
with evangelism and discipleship and leadership development. Those are the three prongs of that group. Okay? I'm in another group that was started by a guy named Jonathan Frizz and our, our uh, former lead pastor here at the harbor, Neil Hubacher, which is another group of like a different set of six or seven or eight churches that are really meeting just to pray for that move of God. Uh, Bobby Rue, who's in the back here today, invited me to be a part of a, a group in Boston that's, that's specifically focusing on this issue of racism in the area and in the city of Boston and surrounding towns. And so there's another group. And I, and I said, hey, this is important to me because unity is important to me. The Lord is calling us to unity. And this issue specifically, we really sense, as Justin spoke a few weeks ago, we need to have some ground laid in this issue if there is going to be revival in our area. This is not a fringe issue. This is, this is core to the gospel, right? That Jew and Gentile are not no longer divided, that they're one. All right? So I'm spending time there. Our three local churches are also having a conversation around this, this issue and deciding what we're going to do together. So I'm, I'm putting time into these different places because I sense that the Lord is calling us to unity. We're not competing against the churches in this area. We're not comparing ourselves against them. We are blessing them and honoring them and partnering together where it makes sense. Okay? So I'm just I'm trying to be transparent about, hey, how's Brian spending this, all that time that he's got now? I'm not taking naps, you know, every, every morning from 9 to noon, okay? So that's the second thing. A third thing that I really want to just mention again, I know I've said this a lot, is repentance. Everyone's favorite word, okay? Um, a long time ago, a man named Adam hid behind a bush. And we've been doing it ever since. All right? It's really difficult to not be someone that wants to hide because of the stuff that's in our hearts that we're ashamed of or we're afraid that God is going to blame us or, you know, be angry at us. So, again, we want every person in a faith group, but we also want every person at the harbor in a peer discipleship group where you have someone that you trust that you can confess your sin to. Because the Bible says to confess your sins to one another. So, again, we want to do what's in the book. Okay? The Bible says it. We're going to make it a habit and try to establish this as a rhythm of our life, that we are regularly meeting with someone else to confess our sin, ask what's God been speaking to you, what are you reading in the Bible, and who are you praying for that's far from God at this point okay? or just needs, you know, needs a touch from God. So these are available at, the, at the, one of the welcome tables on your right. It's also on our website. Please, I just encourage you, every person that I'm meeting with one-on-one, I am asking this question because I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to just continue to put this before us until we're all doing it. And I really sense that there is serious power when we get serious about our own sin. When we get serious about, hey, I want to, as the Bible says as a metaphor, walk in the light so that the stuff of my life is laid bare and I can get free. It is really uncomfortable to do that. So I'm meeting with another pastor that's in one of these groups that I'm, that I'm in. And we're meeting every other week, and we're doing this. We're going through this sheet. We're saying, okay, you know, here's some of the questions. How have you wasted time, right? How has your anger or fear or anxiety or addiction shown up this week? How does that reveal what you're trusting in besides God? Oh, okay, I can probably have a couple ways to answer that question, right? Okay, so they're not easy questions, but what we're doing is we're saying, hey, you know, I'm standing on this, on this stage not because I'm Mr. Holy Guy. I'm standing up here because of Jesus, right, and what he's done in my life. And then in the, in the church saying, Brian, we want you to lead. So I'm not up here because I'm perfect, right? We are all on a journey of wanting to become more and more like Jesus. And that takes getting real with somebody else. And right? again, we, we're not designed to walk this journey by ourselves. 
We need other people standing with us, getting in there with our stuff, and then saying, I still love and accept you, and God forgives you. Right? And that's a huge piece of this. I was sitting on Tuesday with this guy, Andrew James. He's a pastor of First Church Congregational of Boxford. Awesome man of God. And we're sitting in the, in the only store in Boxford, which is also the post office in the bank, the Boxford Community Store, and um, doing this back and forth, you know, as we're eating this, this, this meal together that, you know, he, he, he bought me lunch. And I just sense the power there as we're confessing our sin to one another and then we're looking each other in the eye and saying, in the name of Jesus, I forgive you and God forgives you. And now I'm blessing you in the opposite spirit. So where you've been anger, angry this week with your kids or your wife, I'm now blessing you with, with peace. Right? So look somebody in the eye and forgive them because the Bible says whoever sins you forgive will be forgiven. Right? It tells us to bless others with that. I mean, it's, there's powerful. I just sensed like the devil getting really mad about what we were doing. Right? That this, there's, there's power in the church getting serious about walking in holiness and purity. Amen? So that's the, that's the third thing I wanted to mention is just, again, encouraging you all to, to, to get a hold of this sheet, whether it's a copy here or online, and getting with someone else to do that. Uh, so a, another thing that I've been spending a lot of my time in doing is um, investing in people. So uh, when I say that, I mean uh, we really want to take care and put into people more than we're taking out. So right now I'm meeting every other week with, with our three advisory team members, Keith, Dan, and Jim. So I'm, I'm, I'm investing in them because I'm the lead pastor and they're shepherding other people. And so that's, that's, that's got to come from me. Not to say that I'm, you know, I'm better than them or whatever, but I'm the lead pastor and I'm leading the church. And so I need to invest time in them. I'm meeting every week with Alex Stieg, who's, who's the male leader of our uh, college ministry. I'm, I'm meeting with a couple other guys, just kind of one-on-one. Um, sorry, I'm just drawing a blank about a couple of their names. But the idea is that uh, we want to shepherd the people that God has given to us. And not just say, okay, hey, you run this, and good luck, and, you know, have fun, and hope you don't burn out, right? So I'm really trying to, that takes a lot of time to meet with all these people, you know, on a regular basis to establish that rhythm. But I'm just saying, hey, this is a high value of ours at the harbor, is that we're putting in more than we're taking out. Because really, as we talked about, I don't know if you remember the first sermon of this year, it was God's glory is your growth. When we grow as people, that is glory to Jesus. It is. That is what God is all about. He is all about your journey. He's all about you growing. And whatever, whatever place you're at right now, it's in you taking the next step. That's what he's all about because he loves us and he wants us to grow into the people that, he, that, we, that we are, that we, he believes that we are. And he, when he looks at us, he, the people that he actually sees, Right? So that's just a commitment of ours, and, and, and it's a little bit of a culture shift in our three churches in the area, too, where we're really saying, hey, this is what we're going to do, right? We have these, what we've, we've called these equipping values, which is compelling clarity. Um, I'm sorry, anointed fit, patient apprenticing, uh, life-giving coaching, and honoring transitions, and all that is to say that, that we're, we're really here to grow people, not to just grow ministries or to make, you know, have the best production on Sunday morning, although we value that, okay? So our goal is really to grow people. That's what we're about. And so I'm just saying I'm investing in the people that are serving in other ways in the church and trying to make sure that everybody is covered. So even as we're, we're looking at this, this faith group leaders list, we want every faith group leader to have someone that's coaching them. That's a value of ours, and I'm going to try to work to make sure that that happens, Okay? 
Because, again, we want to put more in than we're taking out because the real win is, is people being grown and moved further along on their journey. All right? Okay, so along with that, in kind of this, this broad language of just like discipleship, is, is what we've talked about today with faith groups. We want every person in a faith group. We want everyone being a part of a smaller group of people that I really want to see more and more function as teams. Right? That this is a group of people that you're going to share life with. One of our core values of the harbor, loving God, sharing life, proclaiming Jesus. That you're able to share life together and move forward as a team. So one thing I just want to mention structurally with that is that um, in the past, I think we've, been, we've, we've leaned more towards high structure. And, and we have, just to be honest about our history, lower support. So I'm actually trying to flip that on its head and give high support and less structure and more freedom to different groups that are forming. So as Dan, you know, even Dan gave you probably the, the, you know, the, the most picture of kind of what they're doing. It's a little bit of an experiment, right? They're going to meet twice a month in their home, and then the other two weeks they're going to meet at a separate location just trying to pull people in that. Have we done that before? I mean, maybe, but this is a little bit of an experiment. We're going to see what happens. We're psyched to do that. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit is leading them to do that. And so we just want to honor the Holy Spirit in our, in our leaders and that, that God can lead a, a group of people and the coaching comes in to help them sense and direct them in places that they might have a blind spot or whatever. Okay, you guys tracking with me on that? So this is a real value we're trying to just, just say at the harbor is that, hey, everyone can hear God's voice and we all need a coach, right? In addition to the Holy Spirit, we need each other to help us move forward. Okay, am I getting too detailed here? You guys tracking with us? All right. So the last thing I'll mention is just evangelism. We love talking about that word, okay? Um, so I, I feel like the Lord is still trying to help me uh, understand how we're to move forward in, in reaching more people in this area, all right? It's this, you know, many people call New England a difficult area. It's a post-Christian culture or whatever. There are lots of people that are open, but we, we, we still have a lot of ground to move forward in terms of how the Lord is calling us to reach out to people and to tell them that Jesus, it's good news about Jesus, right? So in the past, we've done lots of street evangelism, outreach, you know, even in Salem on Halloween and, and the week before. And I, I, my sense is in this next phase of the harbor, it, we really need to be building our faith groups because the evangelism is most powerful when it comes out of a team or a family, right? Where we're, we have relationships to invite people into or space in our lives to do that. So that's the thing that I don't have the clearest picture on right now. But we are going to, not to say we're not going to be doing street evangelism or anything like that. We, that's a value of ours. We, we will continue to do that stuff. But I just sense that the, as, as, we, as we start to pray, as we start to get uh, more holy in confessing our sin, as we continue to move towards unity and addressing some of the issues of the church in America, including you know, racism in this series that we've been talking about, uh, I sense the Lord's going to unlock that piece for us more and more. That God is really going to do the heavy lifting and he's going to be drawing people's hearts and it's going to be like, like low-hanging fruit for us. If we're getting serious about the things that we know that we're called to do, which is pray, confess our sin, and bless our brothers and sisters in this area, he will lead us into new places of just being able to bless people in this community and drawing them into the, the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he has the power to set them free. All right, so I'll just confess some sin right now. You ready? Don't get too nervous, okay? So I just in, in, in kind of, I was on a, 
I was at a, at a playground with some kids of mine, and there was a woman just kind of walking around that seemed like she was in a kind of a difficult place. And I just in my heart was just like, I just was like kind of like, I had no faith for her. I was just like, I, Lord, I feel like there was kind of a tug to go talk to her, initiate a conversation with her. And I just, in a, in a place of weakness, I was just like, oh, I just don't have any faith. You know, like, can God really, you know, help her, rescue her, and whatever her, her problems are. And so I just repent for that. I just repent for a lack of faith that Jesus can actually transform someone's life. I think if it's, been, if it's been a longer season where we haven't seen that happen, we haven't seen someone you know, physically healed or someone come to know Jesus or delivered from some addiction or something, a lot of times we start to lose faith. So I'm just going to repent for that right now. Lord Jesus, I am sorry. Forgive me for just lessening your power. I just confess that from everyone here and just to say, Lord, move us forward in that in faith again to believe that you are on the move and all authority in heaven and on earth is yours. There's nothing that can stand in your way. I just repent of that, Lord. I turn from it, and I just receive your blessing of faith in Jesus' name. So that's really what we want to say here at the harbor. Is we want to be people of, of, not that we have big faith, but our faith is in a really big God. All right, And we want to get serious about what it is that we know that God has called us to. And as we do that, he is going to unlock these different places where there, there is some spiritual block in terms of people coming to know Jesus. All right? So I'm not talking about numbers this morning. I'm not talking about, okay, you know, next fall we want to be at 300, and then the fall after that we're hoping to be 500, or we want to plant three churches in the next, you know, five years. And I'm not doing that because I feel like the, the vision that God is giving us is, is to go deeper. Right? The vision is to, is to get serious about doing what we see God doing and, the, and his disciples and Jesus doing in the book. And then as we do that, he's going to reveal these next steps, the next thing that's down the road. Now, all that said, yes, we want to, we want to plant churches. Okay, there's, there's, there's a potential thing on the, on the radar that maybe you'll, you'll hear about. I'm not going to reveal it so you can just be like, oh, what's he talking about, right? You know, that could happen in the next year or two. We'll see. But the, the timing needs to be right and it needs to be led by the Spirit. We'd love to see a church in every community in this area, maybe even every neighborhood at some point. We'd love to see maybe some house churches start, right? We're open to what, the way the, the Lord is leading us and how he might move in this area, okay? So, and, and that's the same for the three churches in this area. Okay, that we're partnered with, the, the River and uh, CFCF and Brighton. So all that to say, this is the next phase for us guys. The challenge is, will we go deeper with the Lord? And ultimately, the word for this whole year, just to come back to this, is Psalm 37.4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. That is, if you were to boil it all down to one thing, that is the vision for this year. That is what God is calling us to He's calling us to be a people that long, that we just love to read the Bible. That we love to pray because we just cannot wait to connect with the most beautiful, wonderful, kindest, gentlest person in the universe. And there's actually three of them, right? You can pick which one you want to connect to on a certain day, right? You can talk to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, or your Father. I'm not kidding about that, right? They are people, right? And they are wonderful. And we want a people who are just delighted by God and believe that that's actually a possibility, right? As we do that, as we move to delighting, we're going to love to pray. We're going to love to be confessing sin and getting rid of anything that would stand between us and God, right? Or just hinder our relationship. We're going we're we're to run to that. And God is going to bless that as we do it, all right? Let's have the band come back up, and I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. So what I want to do then is just, as I've shared some of these different things, maybe something's spoken to you, we're actually going to turn in twos and threes and pray again. 
Because we want to be a church that, that responds and not just sits and, and thinks about something. We want to act, right? We want to act in obedience. So even right now, this first thing that I mentioned was prayer. So again, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you guys to pray again, okay? And pray about any of these things that have stuck out to you today. We're going to spend a few minutes doing that, and then we're going to close in one song. We've got about seven or eight minutes. There should be ten minutes left. Um, so I just want you to pray, and just to remind you, okay? Prayer, unity, repentance, discipleship and evangelism are, you know, big Bible words that just mean investing in people and helping others that are far from God come closer to God, okay? So if any of those have struck you, let's just pray for God to move in our midst and for us to get serious about what God is doing here and to, and to re-up if we need to again today and say, Lord, I'm going to make a commitment to this, okay? You guys willing to, can we, can we pray again? Is this okay? I mean, I guess you can't say no to this. You, you know, okay, so I, I guess I have the power here. Sorry, I'm kind of, you know, using my power. All right, but why don't we just pray for another three or four minutes, and then I'll close this in that, and we'll sing one more song before we go. All right? So let's pray. Turn in twos and threes. You can also pray quietly. There's no pressure to pray out loud if you don't want to do that. And then I'll close this down. Thanks.